Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up, Red Shirts listeners, and welcome in to the second preview for week 15 of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Matthew Betts back on the mic this morning, as always, joined by Matt Okada. We are doing this on a Saturday, very early for Okada, I will say. So this is how much he cares about you all. Uh, as per usual, when we record in the mornings, he's wearing a robe, and that is happening right now on my computer screen. Uh, Okada, how's it going this morning? Yep. Uh, it is very uh, uh, warm <laughs> and cozy. Perfect. Um, I, have, uh, I have family, actually. A uh, sister from out in Arizona and her kids and my mom are all coming to L.A. to have a Christmas breakfast and presents thing because I won't see them for Christmas because they live in Arizona. Uh, and then we're going to go tour the NFL Network. And they're coming pretty early. So I said, can you come as unearly <laughs> as possible so that we can also squeeze a podcast in and I don't have to get up at the yes. butt crack of dawn, which I basically <laughs> did anyways. No, that's awesome. And uh, and your sister, right, that you're referencing, she plays in our Pros and Joes Dynasty League. Uh, she so does. You'll tell yep, her I said hello. You. And um, yeah, man, that should be fun. It's, it's fun to, you know, spend time with family around the holidays and you know, just kind of embrace the season for what it is. And Okada and I are going to embrace the season as well. We decided right before we recorded this that we're going to make this a full-on episode for everyone to hear. But most weeks, this is a Patreon-exclusive episode. So, you know, we're, we're doing a little sneak peek here. Other seasons and other episodes on our Saturday or Friday night recordings, you will not get unless you're in the Patreon. And Okada, tell the people where they can find that. Uh, well, they can find it on Patreon, which is, you know, a good place to go. Uh, patreon.com slash redshirtspod. And, uh, you can sign up there. There's a few different tiers. You'll get different things, uh, access to different things, including our chat channel with our whole Patreon crew, which is a super awesome place to chat. Uh, Betts was talking on the Thursday pod about how they're thinking about starting a a uh, Red Shirts Keeper League, which yeah, is super awesome. That would be fun. So, uh, yeah, go check Absolutely. that out. We have got a jam-packed show today. Obviously, Okada is on a time crunch here. He's got things to do, presents to open, NFL Network Studios to tour. So we're going to get into uh, the remaining games on the schedule, which we have not previewed yet. If you missed Thursday's episode, go back. It's in your podcast app. Check it out. We talked, uh, of course, Thursday Night Football, and Okada predicted Jameson Crowder's Amazing game, so go ahead and listen to that. Uh, the Patriots at the Bengals, Bears at the Packers, Broncos at the Chiefs, Dolphins at the Giants, Eagles and Redskins, Seahawks, Carolina, Texans, Tennessee, Titans, uh, Falcons, and 49ers. So we talked about all those teams on our last episode. If you're looking for analysis on those players, go back, check it out. A few quick injury updates from Thursday's show. Devontae Parker and Alan Hearns both remain in the concussion protocol as of 10.42 a.m. Eastern Time. Now, most players will be announced as if they're in or out for a concussion-related injury by about 4 p.m. Eastern. So by the time this podcast comes out, you may have already heard. But it does look like Parker and Hearns will play. They practice on Friday in full without uh, a non-contact jersey. Now, side note, 
Devontae Parker, Okada. That boy got paid. Mm. Secured the yes, bag, as we like to say at the NFL Network. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, this guy has... I mean, it's it's tough to say that he's completely turned his career around because it's been, you know, 13, 14 games of a season. Not even 13 games so far. Um, but he has looked amazing. Uh, a lot of people, actually, that I've talked to don't think that he deserved this kind of money, which, to be fair, was a lot of money. $40 million. Yep. $40 million, right? Over four years. I think 21 guaranteed. Um, because he has his overall stats as a player do not reflect this kind of money. However, I think that he has looked the part this year and on a horrible team with middling quarterback play. So I've, I'm really excited for Devontae Parker. I've always been a fan, as you know. And uh, I think this is great. I hope he continues the career arc and uh, becomes an elite player over the next In few years. In a dynasty league, what would you give up to get Devontae Parker, given what we've seen this season and now given the confidence Ooh. the team has shown in him with the injury? Or, I'm sorry, with the, uh, with the contract. I have, I have to do it right now before I see what they do yes. in the draft. Uh, I don't think I could quite give up a first unless it was a really late first. I think I'd be able to give up a high second or maybe uh, like a, a mid-second and yeah, a player. there's no way I'm giving a first for this guy. I mean, you just look at the statistics over the course of NFL players' you know careers in terms of how often it takes players to break out, so to speak, and... You know, we're in year five, and we're finally seeing it come to fruition. I'm not skeptical, but I'm also not willing to give up a 2020 first, which we know that class is going to be loaded. We will talk about that in the spring mm -hmm. um, for a guy like Devontae Parker. However, I am definitely willing to give up a second, so I'm with you on that. One other minor uh, thing to talk about with injury here. Two Eagles, Jordan Howard and Nelson Aguilar, are listed as questionable. There's been no change in Jordan Howard's status. He's still dealing with that stinger the nerve injury in his shoulder. So he is going to be out despite the questionable tag. Nelson Aguilar listed as questionable. He has not practiced in two straight weeks. That includes three straight DMPs this week. I don't think we see him at all. And, of course, that means Carson Wentz is going to be out there with Zach Ertz and some dudes. <laughs> Gregory, right. Ward. Gregory Ward. And, of course, Dallas Goddard. So uh, we will see how he does against Washington. All right, Okada, we have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more games to get to on the slate. We're going to kick it off with Bucks at the Lions. Let's start on the Bucks side of the ball. We've got some injuries to talk about, mostly with Jameis Winston now. All this week, the talk has been about the hairline fracture in his thumb. However, he has returned to throwing full-size NFL footballs, which for some reason social media loves to just attack that. Whenever we hear that, people always you know, make it out to be bigger than what it is. But that's the normal progression for any type of thumb or hand injury. You know, you start with a smaller object, something that's easier to grip, and then kind of progress up. So that's good news for him. He will definitely not be at 100%, but he will, will be fine as far as his performance, I think. Now, there is no Mike Evans. He is dealing with that injury. But he's playing Detroit. Dead last in quarterback hit rate. And as we know, they are getting absolutely destroyed in every single defensive category. How high is Jameis Winston in your ranks this week? I'll tell you what, Betts. My initial ranks had him at three. That is spicy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Having said that, there is a chance he drops a couple spots before Sunday just because of kind of everything that's going on. Um, Evans, for sure, being out. 
and the potential that he's hampered a little bit. But like you said, I don't really think that matters too much. And the Lions defense more than makes up for that. Uh, and I think that Chris Godwin more than makes up for Mike Evans being out. I think he goes off yeah. in this game. So I I don't think he'll fall very far from me. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Him. I mean, he is going to absolutely smash on Sunday. Um, you, you look at the matchup and then you talk about the market share in terms of targets. Even when he was splitting it with Mike Evans, he was still a uh, wide receiver one for fantasy. And now I think with Evans out, how much they throw the ball, this matchup where the Lions play a ton of man coverage, we know Jameis is better against man than zone. I think Chris Godwin is in for a top four week this week. I think he's going to absolutely destroy. So I love that call as well. Ronald Jones, man, what can you say? Like, you flip a coin whether or not he's going to get 10 carries or 20. I can't tell you on a given week, but the matchup is soft. Detroit giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Are you able to go to Rojo here in a soft matchup? Not unless the going to him is like as a seventh flex. <laughs> um, not really. He's uh, he's my RB31, so he, he would make like a second flex maybe, but it pretty much does have to be that. I'm not willing to trust him in a playoff matchup. We talked on Thursday a little bit about kind of my overall philosophy and how I'm willing to go for a guy like um, Jamal Williams even, who's two spots below Ronald Jones for me. It may actually need to go up a little bit. We'll have to see. But they're playing the Bears, so maybe not. Well, the Bears' run defense is not as good. (laughs) Live thoughts of (laughs) rankings on the pod. Um, No, but I'm more willing to consider someone like that or even Carlos Hyde, who's in that range for me, because I know that they'll get me six points, uh, even though they may not have the upside of a Ronald Jones, because I'm just afraid Ronald Jones could get me one, and I don't want that in my fantasy players. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, semifinals of fantasy football championship uh, playoffs, like, you probably got here with better options than Ronald Jones. Maybe you're dealing with some injuries and you have to plug him in, which I get. But I think, you know, for this week, I just want the security of knowing what I'm going to get in my backfield. And I literally cannot tell you what I'm going to get from Ronald Jones. So I agree with you. It's it's risky, uh, but the matchup is soft. For the pass catchers, you know, without Mike Evans, there's a lot of, of volume to go around. I mean, we saw Rashad Perryman play his career, uh, sorry, season high in snaps and routes run. Justin Watson put up 559 on a touchdown last week with eight targets. I mean, are any of these guys viable, let's say, as a wide receiver three? Um, I suppose viable is an okay term. Uh, Rashad Perryman, uh, I mean... He's Rashad Perryman. You want to talk about no breakouts. <laughs> Rashad Perryman has never broken out, and he's had a year longer than Devontae Parker and was also a first-round pick. Uh, but he does have 70-plus yards in two straight games and scored last week against the Colts. So that's worth a shot. I would say it's a little deeper than a wide receiver three, but a worth like maybe a DFS play or a low flex. Uh, Justin Watson in a PPR setting, I could be interested in that as well. I think he probably gets a few more targets than Perryman and uh, has a decent shot at six catches for 60 yeah. yards. I, personally, this is my take. I think O.J. Howard is the biggest beneficiary here in this situation. We mm. saw it last week. I believe, believe? Man, I believe in this matchup against the Lions, without you know Mike Evans commanding the target share that he does, I think O.J. Howard, you can start. I've got him ranked as a top 12 tight end this week. And, you know, it's it's a situation where I don't feel great about it. Like, I'm not super excited, 
but you look at the tight end landscape and I at least want someone that I know has the athleticism and you know the ability to basically create plays on his own with the ball in his hands an athletic tight end is today's NFL and that is what uh OJ Howard is so we'll see I'm I'm playing him in at least one spot I know I have to because I lost a tight end so (sighs) pray for me guys pray for me (laughs) anything else in this matchup for the Bucks? Um, On the Lions side of the ball, man, we're going to be super quick with this. Um, No Kerryon Johnson, obviously. No Marvin Jones. No TJ Hawkinson. But we know this is a situation where the Bucs are one of the biggest pass funnels in the league. Their secondary is a trash, as Okada likes to say. Kenny Mm. Galladay. Talk to me here. It's David Blau, of course. The upside isn't what it normally is with Stafford, but... Man, he's been solid with Blau. I feel like, you know, in his, his few games, he's only had one down week. This Bucks defense can't defend the pass. I mean, he legitimately could see like a 30 to 35% market share, no? Uh, well, the wide receiver market share that I believe he sees is enough to get him to my wide receiver oh, five. Oh, baby. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. He has been he he's he's a very high end talent. Okay, they are a good offense for fantasy. David Blau, the Blau Shut Blau, uh, is not is not quite Matthew Stafford. No, but like you said, he has been producing just fine. They haven't really seen a drop off with any of their backups this year, um, too much at least. And the Tampa Bay defense could make you and I look like decent fantasy <laughs> wide receivers. So there is all kinds of recipe here for a great Kenny Galladay day. Ooh, that was fun to say. Uh, I love him this week, obviously, with my wide receiver five. I would start him above almost everybody. Yes, please. I love the confidence from you there, Okada. Uh, Certainly, he should be in your lineup. The only other kind of consideration here to talk about is Bo Scarborough. Listen, he he is what he is. He's a plotter. He doesn't catch the ball. But he's also dealing with a rib injury, and he was limited on Wednesday. Then was downgraded to DNP on Thursday and Friday. I don't think we see him in this matchup. So, you know, that could even be better for uh, for Blau and for the pass catchers there if they can't run the ball, which they couldn't even really do that well, even when Karrion Johnson was active. So, man, yeah, I, I think it's a big day for Kenny, uh, Kenny Galladay. The other pass catchers there, you know, it's just a, a difficult situation to predict. I don't really want to start anyone in this matchup not named Kenny Galladay. Uh, any disagreements on that or any other pieces here you want to talk about? No. If Scarborough is out, are are we falling down to one of those, uh, like a Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick type situation? I mean, I personally would prefer McKissick just because we know he can catch the ball and we know that he's been more reliable in that role. When Ty Johnson's been the, the early down guy, you know, so to speak, it just has been so average and... Uh, not productive and then we see them fall into game scripts where they can't even run the ball anyway to kind of keep up and against this Bucks you know passing attack where we predict them to be able to put up points against the Lions I think if you lean towards one of those two guys I would take the pass catcher in McKissick can I interest you in McKissick even if Scarborough does play as like a DFS yeah I think that's interesting in a game where they probably have to pass. Keep up I think that's interesting. I mean, there's no way I would trust that in a season-long matchup. But yeah, DFS, that's that's a sneaky play. I like right. it. I nice. like that. All right. I will not be doing that in a DFS lineup because I don't play it. But you can do it for me, and I will, I will live let you know how it goes. 
Uh, on to the next matchup. Jaguars taking on the Raiders for injury updates. We have DJ Chark. He is out on the Jaguars' side of the ball. We will get to Josh Jacobs here in a minute. Let's start with the Jags. Gardner Minshew has a fantastic matchup with the Raiders. However, no DJ Chark really gives me pause. I have uh, I have Minshew all the way down at 20 in my quarterback ranks, mm. even in the good matchup. I don't know. I, I just can't trust it. Any thoughts there on Minshew as a, a streamer or a strong two-quarterback uh, two league play? Well, uh, I was going to judge you for having him at 20, but then I looked and I have him at 19. So... I still can't judge you, but not very much. Um, no, yeah, it, it really doesn't help having Shark out. I do think that uh, the remaining guys there, Westbrook, maybe Conley, can pick up the slack a little bit. And I actually like potentially both of them uh, as a as yes. a fantasy play. But for Minshew alone, yeah, he's definitely more of a mid to low QB two than a QB. Yeah, I was hoping you would bring up Chris Conley. He is another favorite DFS play of mine. I'm going to play him in a couple of, of lineups here and see what happens. I mean, you look at what happened with A.J. Brown last week. Everyone, including you know the, you and I, everyone and their mother was on this. Like The Raiders get absolutely destroyed downfield. They're giving up the most 20-plus yard pass plays in the league and the most 40-plus yard pass plays in the league. And Chris Conley's air yards are something that I think it's only a matter of time before they actually hit. So I'm playing Chris Conley. I even think you can play him in season long. Like, as a wide receiver three, can you doubt me at all on that one, Okada? Ooh. Uh, that's close. I don't hate it, though. I do think that uh, that he is a strong player who can... If, if I had to bet on one of those guys to catch a touchdown, it would be Conley. I think the Jaguars are going to have to score. So, uh, I mean, I have him more in the wide receiver four range, but I do not hate the idea of playing him in even in a playoff matchup in a redraft season long. The other pass catcher there that I think is interesting is DD, of course, DD Westbrook in the slot. Um, PFF has charted only three slot corners who have allowed more yards than LaMarcus Joyner. Of course, he is the slot corner for the Raiders. So I think DD is going to have a solid day. Um, if you're playing in a PPR format, I will take DD. Any sort of standard or half, give me Conley. Yes. All righty, man. Raiders. Josh Jacobs. This is the story all week for injury. Uh, I talked about this in much more detail on my injury preview article. It's going to drop on the site probably in the next hour or two. So by the time this comes out, it will be online. Man, this is not, you know, there is not a better matchup for Josh Jacobs than this one right here. However, you're looking at a guy who has a nagging shoulder injury from previously, which was a hairline fracture in his clavicle from the AC joint injury. However, now we have a situation where two weeks ago, he suffered a new injury in practice. So his MRI is coming back clean. He's going to play. He was taken off the final injury report. But man, I don't know how to take this situation. Like if he takes a hit on that shoulder, I have legitimate concerns that he's done for the day. But Okada, I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to get 20 touches against this Jags D. They've given up eight rushing touchdowns and 6.44 yards per carry. Over their past five games. Um, I guess the best way to talk about this is, of course you're playing him, but are you downgrading him at all because of injury in your ranks? Yes, a hair, but not enough for it to really matter too much, I don't think, to your starting lineup. I don't think he gets to a point where you're like, 
taking one of your flex guys that you were considering and putting them over Josh Jacobs in your RB2 spot. This Jags D is too bad. You just spoke on it. And not only in the last window, but in the entire season, their, their yards per carry allowed is the highest in the NFL. So to, uh, you got to start him. you got to hope that he doesn't obviously aggravate that injury. But at this point, he's too elite against too poor of a defense. You're, you're going to have to roll him out there and just have yeah, to hope. Yeah, I agree. And for reference, I have him at 14 in my ranks. If this was a situation where, you know, he's not on the injury report, he's totally healthy, I would have him at like 6, 7, 8, something like that. So that's where I'm at. You still play him. Um, Darren Waller, of course, is a must-start. And honestly, I don't think we really need to talk about anyone else. Uh, no. We're saying, too, you know, Darren Waller, I think he's due. He hasn't scored in six straight games. Foster Moreau now on IR with a season-ending knee injury. So, come on, Darren. We need you. On to our next matchup here. We are going Browns at Cardinals. Okada, it's Saturday. You're celebrating Christmas. Let's start with Kyler Murray. He's your boy. However, you're not going to mm. like the stats I'm going to tell you. Oh, it's been gosh. rough for these past few weeks. He has less than 200 passing yards in three straight games. It's tough to, to rely on a, a quarterback not putting the ball up in the air, but also probably mildly hampered by a recent hamstring injury from a few weeks ago. Uh, does Kyler crack the top 12 for you this week? Oh, boy. Let's, let's just look before we give any final answers. He does. In fact, he climbs decently well into it. Uh, listen, I'm biased. Let's be <laughs> honest. I love Kyler Murray. Okay, so take my opinions with a grain of salt. Uh, but I have all the way up at nine. Um, you mentioned his bad stretch. He has played in the last three weeks the 49ers, Rams, and Steelers, who have all been elite or close to it. Uh, from a defense perspective, especially over the second half of the season for teams like the Rams. Um, so I'm not too shocked by it, uh, especially from a pass rush uh, pass rush perspective. Those are three of the best pass rushing teams in the league. The Cardinals line is not great, and Kyler Murray is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Um, so putting him up against a great D-line is never a good situation. The Browns, they don't have Miles Garrett. They have sucked in general. True. <laughs> Pretty much all year. I am less concerned about them than any of his previous three matchups. I still don't expect him to be elite uh, overall, but I expect a decent rushing floor, as we are often prone to see with him, and a good enough passing game to get him into the QB1 conversation. I've got him right now currently at quarterback 13, so I think he's right there. I'm a little bit lower than you, uh, as I almost am every week on Kyler. Uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about the running backs, man. Kenyon Drake, 14 touches last week. David Johnson, a whopping five, did find the end zone. Chase Edmonds just won. This seems like a situation for their backfield where, you know, you're hoping David Johnson maybe kind of returns to more relevance, but certainly there's no way you can start him in this matchup. Kenyon Drake, however, he's getting the touches. He's getting the workload compared to the other backs. Does he crack your top 30, let's say, for running backs? Um, Let's check. While I'll check, I will say, I honestly hope that David Johnson does not return to relevance this year because if he could just do nothing, we can just rely on Kenyon Drake and actually get something instead of having David Johnson vulture random touches 
uh, when he apparently has already lost a job. Like, if you're going to lose a job, lose it properly, yeah, come David, on. and go away. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, David. Uh, it's it's upsetting. But, yes, Kenyon Drake breaks my top 30. He's my running, running back 27. So, he's going to be in, in starting lineups probably as a flex. Uh, hopefully David Johnson doesn't steal much work. Yeah, it's it's really not a great situation all around. Yeah, one guy that I think you can have some confidence in with this offense is Christian Kirk. For me, he's a wide receiver too, averaging 8.5 targets over the Cardinals' last six games, so you certainly like the volume there. And yeah, the Browns are better in the perimeter, but you know if he does line up in the slot a little bit more in this game, which he's done in previous games, TJ Carey is not good, and Kirk should be able to capitalize there. So I like him uh, for the Cardinals. Anything else on the Cardinals side of the ball? Uh, I think that covers it. Alrighty, for the Browns, if you own a player on your fantasy roster that has a Cleveland or a Browns uh, name next to his name, you put him in your lineup in this matchup. The Cardinals are getting absolutely destroyed in every single category on defense. I guess the only question is uh, Odell. I mean... Jarvis, I've got him ranked as a wide receiver one this week. I think he destroys. Nick Chubb, you're obviously starting. Kareem Hunt, I think, is a flex. Baker is in a solid matchup. Are you playing Odell, who clearly is not himself and clearly is a bit unhappy with the situation in Cleveland? Shocking. Ah. Oh, my gosh. This guy. This um, guy. Yes, you're playing Odell. <laughs> You're playing Odell. He is a low-end wide receiver, two for me. Um, but he's getting in your lineups. He's nowhere near as high as Jarvis. To your point, I also have him as a wide receiver, one at, at uh, 11. But, yeah, you're going to play Odell. And you're going to just hope that he has an okay game. You're not you're not even hoping for an Odell game anymore, Bets. I feel like we've given up at this point on getting 150-2 and two from him ever again on this team. Hopefully he goes somewhere else next year because... Whatever the situation here, the chemistry is off. I don't know. But, yeah, it's not working for him. By the way, really quick before we touch on anyone else, you you asked me at the end of the Cardinals if I had anything else to say, and I didn't. But then I looked real quick at the last three games. This is the Cardinals' last home game of the year. It could be Larry Fitzgerald's last home game ever with this team. Can I interest you in a narrative street Larry Fitzgerald start? Man, that's so sad, dude. That is so sad. Uh, honestly, is. you probably could. Like, I've got him as a low-end wide receiver three, so certainly he's on the flex radar. I just said TJ Carey gets absolutely destroyed in the slot, and Fitz lines up uh, in the slot more than Christian Kirk. So, yeah, I don't hate it. Larry Legend going out on All right. a high note there. All right, just, just had in, to bring uh, that up. In Arizona. Yeah. Man, what a player. It's going to be sad to see him hang him up. All righty, that is the Browns at Cardinals preview again i, I kind of said it jokingly but legitimately i think if you own a browns player you're starting him uh real quick okada let's talk about david and joku he only played 20 snaps last Ooh. week coming back from the wrist injury he was on the injury report this week with a knee injury but has since been removed we know what happens when you play the cardinals are you going to david and joku as an upside play here against arizona's porous and rather non-existent tight end defense oh that's a tough one um He's in the polished turd tier, I think, which is saying something because he would be much higher if we had had anything from him all season. Obviously, we have not, so it's a very risky play, so he can't get higher than that. Uh, but against this defense and with his talent, 
there's certainly a recipe here for a good game. I do think he falls into that category that we were talking about earlier of guys that I don't think I can trust, so I'm less prone to start him in a redraft league. I might lean towards like a PPR-ish Jack Doyle type of player even above him, but he's might be worth a shot in some formats. Fair enough. Let's kick it over to Vikings at Chargers. This is a game I'm pretty excited for. I think this is going to be a fun one to watch. We have the Vikings side of the ball here. Real quick for injury, Alexander Madison is out. Of course, you're starting Dalvin Cook, but we could see a situation where he's getting you know, 25 touches in this game without Madison there. Adam Thielen is going to play. He has been removed from the team's final injury report since week six, Okada. That is a long time ago. I don't even know what I was doing in week six. Adam Thielen has played 16 total snaps because of that hamstring injury. Ah. I mean, normally Adam Thielen is a lock in your lineup because of what he does and how good he is. But man, I am super nervous about him. He's already aggravated the hamstring twice. And now we're in the semifinals of your fantasy football playoffs. There is nothing worse than starting the day and in the first like six minutes of the game being like, well, that's a zero for my player. I mean, can you start Adam Thielen in this matchup? I don't want to. You can if, you know, if you, well, no. No, you know what, Bets? No. Because here's the thing. If you got to this point, if you're in the playoffs, you did it without Adam Thielen, okay? He has not played for half the season. Even when he was playing, he was busting. He had one great game, and that's pretty much it. Um, and now you're going to come along when it, first week really, well, technically he played, but it hardly counted. So hoping for a first week of real snappage, uh, <laughs> to your point. So much snappage. And uh, exactly. No, I I feel so little confidence in rolling Adam Thielen out there. He's going to be a wide receiver four, probably, for me. Um, obviously, he has more upside than any wide receiver four in history, but I do not feel confident, and I really not do not want to rely on him if I can help. Yeah, him. to speak to that, I've got him at forty-one right now in my ranks, and it's mostly you know injury concern. Um, let's play a quick start sit decision here: Adam Thielen or a guy like Anthony Miller. Anthony also Miller. worth noting, Taylor Gabriel has been rolled out again. Uh, Adam Thielen or Golden Tate? Golden Tate by a few spots. Adam for me. Thielen or Chris Conley. Against yes. Miami, by the way. Adam Thielen or Chris Conley? Right now, Chris Conley is two spots behind Thielen for me, but I enjoyed our conversation about him earlier. He might jump up above. I'm going to call that a push and hop out. <laughs> I have Conley one spot ahead, so I'm with you there on that, it being very close, but I would prefer Ooh. Conley. Listen, that's the bottom line. You know, It's a risky play. Thielen could come out and give us you know, a hundred and a touchdown, but he could also give us two for five and be done for the day. It's just a risky situation. Um, and with that being said, Kyle Rudolph for me is now off of tight end one radar, given that his splits are pretty obvious when Thielen is out, Rudolph, uh, almost always scores a touchdown. It's kind of remarkable actually the splits, but when Thielen is in, he does absolutely nothing. So I'm off of Kyle Rudolph this week. Any disagreement from you? No, I, I'm not a huge fan of relying on Kyle Rudolph anyways, but in especially, like you said, in a, in a situation where we can probably bet on less production, 
he's uh, he's the bottom of the polished third tier at best. Stefan Diggs, obviously, you are starting. I think we'll see. Um, I think we'll see a pretty good game here from Diggs. You know, he's going to get Casey Hayward, but obviously with Thielen out there, it does help to take some pressure off of him. So you are starting Diggs. Anything else here for the Vikings? Uh, how high does Kirk Cousins get for you? Uh, let me pull up the ranks. I have got him at 16. Oh, nice. same. Dude, nailed it. Um, which means he will definitely yeah, not, not feeling finish at super great. quarterback 16 this week. <laughs> of course not. Of course. Uh, on the Chargers side of the ball, man, I am so filled with joy this holiday season. I am so happy to see Mike Williams catching a touchdown pass. Finally, it happened last Let's week. Let's go. I want to start there. I want to start with these wide receivers because that's the matchup I want to attack. This Viking secondary is getting absolutely destroyed. Keenan Allen, I think you agree, is a must-start. Mike Williams, I almost go as far to say, like, I mean, he's a flex. He's he's in my top 30, but I almost want to call him a must-start. I mean, I, I guess I can't because he's that low, but that's how excited I am about Mike Williams. You look at what this you know secondary is giving up. Let me pull up my notes here because these game game logs were hilarious. Amari Cooper, 11 for 147 and 1. Teammate, Randall Cobb, 6 for 106 and 1. Also teammate, Michael Gallup, 4 for 76 and 1. Looking <laughs> at the Seahawks, DK Metcalf, 6 for 75. Then you look at David Moore, 2 for 65 and 1. I mean, you're looking at what these players are doing on the same team against the secondary as a unit. There's plenty of volume for both these guys to have a, a good day. Can you talk me into moving Mike Williams even higher up my ranks? Because I'm going to do it right now as we speak. Oh, Ooh. Uh, well, uh, one of the things I like most about what you just said, Bess, is I recall a lot of those plays being big downfield passing gash plays. Uh, and Mike Williams is basically Deshaun Jackson at this point, but seven times larger <laughs> and able to moss people because he is averaging, let's see, 21 yards per reception this season, which is the most in the league. Uh, I just happened to glance into his game logs really quick, Bets. These are his last six games in yards per reception. 23, 37, 27, 38, 23, 31 that and a half. That is absurd. What do you mean? Yeah, he is out of control. He's been actually quite reliable all year from a yardage perspective, but it has really picked up over the last six or so weeks. Uh, obviously scored his first touchdown last week. Yes, I think there's a great chance he makes a big play or two in this game. I want to say decent shot at a touchdown. It's hard to say that given the overall production in that category this year, but I'm willing to roll him out yep, there for sure. I love it. Uh, of course, you're starting Hunter Henry and you know Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Start him every single week. Don't even think about it. Um, anything else on the Chargers side of the ball? No, we actually have a fun over-under regarding those running backs. Uh, spoiler we get there, alert. So, spoiler alert. Cool. Yikes. All right. Next matchup here. This one I'm also very excited to talk about. Good job, NFL. Finally, some good 4 o'clock games that are actually evenly split, so we don't have to watch two games on Red Zone uh, on Sunday afternoons. We have Rams at Cowboys. This Rams offense, man, is clicking. They are finally back to what we are accustomed to seeing, uh, minus Brandon Cooks. Sorry about that. But Jared Goff, he's been he's been cooking as of late. He's going into Dallas on the road, giving going up against the defense, giving up 
a really, really solid stat line to six of the last eight quarterbacks they have faced. Of those six, or I'm sorry, of those eight, six have finished as a quarterback one. Uh, talk to me about Jared Goff this week. I think he's in a really good spot. Yeah, I'm willing to roll him out there for sure. I believe I talked last pod about how uh, much of a gap he's had in production versus top half uh, pass defenses as opposed to bottom half pass defenses. The Cowboys are kind of in the middle, so it's tough to say from an overall perspective. But to your point, I think they've been a little bit less uh, elite over the last half of the season, which basically puts them in the bottom half. And if you're in the bottom half, Jerry Goff is owning you this year. So uh, I'm willing to roll him out there for sure. Um, I think that a lot of his weapons are uh, really clicking, and Todd Gurley obviously uh, finally coming into his full Todd Gurley form is also really good for Jared Goff in the passing game. Yeah, for sure. I think this is probably part of the plan. You know, it's the knee was the talk all off season. Can he hold up? Is the arthritis? progress to the point where he's not going to be able to to maintain his workload all season and honestly they were pretty smart about it like slow played him now they're in crunch time they've got to make the playoff push we have seen Todd Gurley with 20 plus touches in three of their last four games and the only one he didn't get that was when they got embarrassed on Monday Night Football against the Ravens and they kind of just had to throw the ball uh, 60 times so yeah I love Todd Gurley here as well Robert Woods is a lock Cooper Cup it's been rough in the last week or so but uh, I think he's a lock Talk to me, and Okada, maybe you can talk about more of what's going on at the network if they're talking about this. Did you notice how often they played at 12 personnel last week with two tight end sets? I did, yeah. I think they're really liking having both those guys out And, there. you know, with that, it wasn't Cooper Cup lined up alongside those guys. It was Robert Woods, and it was Josh Reynolds. I mean, I know you're a Cooper Cup guy. He's your boy. Uh, I think you, he, and Kyler are the three best friends that ever existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know how to break this down because if that's going to continue and he's playing like, you know, 40% of the snaps, like that gives me considerable uh, worry. Are you worried at all about Cooper Cup? Um, I don't think I can honestly say that I'm not worried at all. So I will say that, you know, I don't feel quite as strongly about him as I have at various other points of the year where he was the best wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, I will say this, though, Betts, and it's actually to a point you brought up last week talking about the tight end matchups. Uh, Last two weeks, I'm not sure if you recall, but they have played the Cardinals and the Seahawks, who are the worst teams against tight ends. They don't even try to defend the tight ends. In the entire NFL. (laughs) No. They have played Team 32 and Team 31 in that category. So I think there's a, a decent chance that you know, Sean McVay was looking at the fantasy points against numbers, and he was like, well then, we're going to throw out some Tyler Higby action. Uh, no, not he definitely really picked up Higby off waivers and played but, in his lineup. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but but seriously, you know, McVay is smart enough to know where the matchups can be exploited, and Higby went out and caught seven for 107 plus uh, and one touchdown over those two games. So... I think that there's a, I think there's a non-zero chance. In fact, I would say it's more than fifty percent chance that that was a lot of matchup-based action, and that in this game we maybe see Cooper Cup come back into being uh, more of his own, you know, elite. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're right. So. I mean, I, I knocked him down in my ranks. I've got him, I think, at eighteen right now, and you know, it, that's the lowest I've ranked him 
since like week two. I remember every week I'm just like, yep, top five, top six, top seven. You know, he's always been up there. So I'm, I'm dropping him down a little bit, but I still think you play him there uh, for sure. You talked about the tight ends. Speaking of, Gerald Everett is out once again. He's still dealing with that knee and ankle injury. So Tyler Higby should see a, a nice target share again and should have a pretty decent game. He is easily a top 10 option at the tight end position this week. On the Cowboys' side of the ball, we know the story. When they are at home, Dak Prescott goes absolutely bananas. 7.6 yards per attempt on the road, 9.2 on the at home uh, in Jerry World, 2.7 all-purpose touchdowns per game at home, 1.6 on the road. Dak a top eight play for you this week? Ooh, let's do a doubly check. Um, yes, he is. I have him at Love six. It. Yeah, I think yeah, Dak's yeah. gonna have a great game, uh, and of course you're starting Amari. Uh, let's talk about the secondary pass catchers there in Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup. Now, you know Jalen Ramsey is likely to spend most of his time with Amari Cooper. I think Michael Gallup is in a really, really good spot here, going up against their cornerback uh, two. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I definitely prefer Gallup uh, over Cobb, not necessarily over Cooper, although I think the gap is probably smaller than people would expect. Um, Gallup has been honestly really good for a lot of the year. I think this is a game where where Dallas does throw, uh, and in fact, I think they lose this game. Um, but yeah, uh, last five games, Gallup has double-digit targets twice, in the, uh, three times, sorry, in that span, 10, 13, and 10. He's at 100 and 100 plus yards in two of those. Um, he's looking really good. We we talked last pod. Who do we compare or who do we face to face Michael Gallup with? I forget, but it was another up and coming receiver. Mm, Cortland Sutton. Do you remember? Yeah, it might have been, or maybe AJ Brown. I feel like they're all kind of in a similar range right now, where they're coming to their own as great dynasty assets that might be the wide receiver ones of the next. No, you know who it was? Years. We were talking dynasty. We compared him to Anthony Miller, and I said, "Give me Gallup." Because That's I don't necessarily right. trust Trubisky moving forward. Yes, true. Uh, I do trust Dak. I do trust him in this game to uh, some of the, the stats and, and points you brought up. So, yeah, I like Gallup. Yeah, for here. sure. And, of course, you are starting Zeke. Uh, anything else here in this matchup? Uh, no. Well, should I check into Jason Witten last home game for the Cowboys? <laughs> Dude, we could ride that narrative uh, for sure. I, I actually think... Nope, it's not. They play the yeah, Redskins in Week say, I'm 17. Sure next home. week, so screw Jason Witten. Yeah, get I was going to say next week is on the road in Philly, but I believe they're home in Week 17, which you just confirmed. So if you're playing Week 17, then grab Jason Witten. Uh, no, don't do that. Yes, you'll get at least one first down <laughs> catch. <laughs> yeah, do not do that. Uh, the Bills taking on the Steelers Sunday Night Football. This has a riveting over/under of 37 points. Uh, man, I am so disinterested in this game, Okada. I don't even know where to start. Let's let's go with Steelers first. Juju suffered a setback. Unfortunately, he is out for this game with his knee injury. For all intents and purposes, you know his season is over. A, totally a lost season for Juju this year. And we've talked about our confidence in him previously when we did a, a mock 2020 two-round draft. He will still be a, a solid fantasy player next season. But for this year, he is done. Vance McDonald is out with a concussion. Uh, those are the injury updates of relevance for guys that we know won't play. James Conner, however, looks like he is trending in the right direction. He's officially listed as questionable, but there's always a chance he doesn't play 
Sunday night. I mean, I think he does, and I think that he is going to have a, a solid matchup here with Buffalo. We know that they are soft against the ground, uh, the ground game. But man, I, I've heard some quotes from James Conner in the past couple of weeks. I've kind of read some articles talking about how you know he just wants to avoid surgery and he's looking kind of ahead to make sure that he doesn't make this more of a long-term issue. That gives me concern, man, from a medical perspective. Like, I want these guys to be 100% confident, to have full, um, you know, confidence and ability to go out there without thinking about their injury. James Conner's going to be thinking about that shoulder. Now, I don't know why I'm really saying this as far as if you're going to start him or not. I'm just saying I would love to see this more of a concrete scenario for me to give people the full confidence to play him. I think he does, and I think he's okay, but... I'm not in love with James Conner the way I would have been, let's say, if he entered the week with a full practice uh, throughout the week. So that's my thoughts on on James Conner there. If he's active, are you starting him as, let's say, a top 20 play? Mm, uh, I don't think quite top 20. I think I agree with a lot of your sentiments. Um, And... The, one of the toughest things is is you can't necessarily rely on a, on a handcuff and you're going into a Sunday night game. So it's not a situation where you can confidently say, okay, Benny Snell will be fine. I can have him as a stash and throw him in if James Conner is out because we've seen Snell be a doo-doo butter True. Uh, with Conner missing. So it's a tough one. I don't think he's going to crack the top 30 for me, um, even if he's active. But he'll be, you know, a borderline flex play if you're desperate because he can have yep. a good game. And this secondary for the the Bills, you know, they're pretty tough. I don't really want to start James Washington. I don't really want to start um, Deontay Johnson. Obviously, you're not starting Duck Hodges. I mean, is there really anything else to talk about with this Steelers offense? I don't think so, no. That, that covers it. <laughs> On the yeah. Bills side of the ball. Devin Singletary has been really solid recently. It's it's good to see him kind of coming into his own here in the second half of the season. But we talked about the over-under at 37. This Steelers defense is solid. I think Singletary is going to have an okay game, but certainly I'm not projecting him for a top 15 type of performance. Do you disagree with me at all there? No, Steelers, you know, top 10 for sure, maybe even higher against the run from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and I do really like Singletary, and I think he's been good and will continue to be good. But he's more of a you know late top twenty play for me than a top. Yeah, 15. to speak to it, they are giving up uh, the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. So it is a tough matchup there for Singletary. However, the volume has been nice. I think he does still warrant low end RB two flex territory um, in this matchup. Josh Allen, you know the story is he continues to get it done week after week. He is a quarterback one. Uh, putting up some solid performances in the last month and a half. But this defense, man, they are no joke. Steelers lead the league in sacks and quarterback hits. Now, I think this could be a positive for Josh Allen. I think he's going to really struggle through the air. But if you're telling me he's under pressure all day, he's going to scramble, no? Yeah, I think certainly he can. Um, com- comparing him with Lamar Jackson, which is a you know a thing that people do because they run, they typically run in very different ways, where Lamar Jackson's runs are almost always designed very specifically um, and schemed into the offense and called as plays, whereas Josh Allen is more often than not scrambling and doing so very, very well. 
Uh, so this kind of game can play into that pretty nicely, to your point. I think that he... I think that he has an okay day passing the ball. I would say slightly subpar, but hopefully gets enough rushing work. I could easily see a 50, 50, you know, 50 yard and maybe a touchdown on the ground type of game, and that would more than make up for a poor passing. So I, I think he's an yeah, okay Yeah, I think starter. he's a, a nice, safe floor, but maybe he doesn't have the upside he normally does. For the pass catchers, John Brown's been solid, but I don't really want to start him against the secondary, and the same goes for Cole Beasley. Any discrepancies from you there on either of those two guys? No. Well, that was the probably the most disgusting uh, lack of enthusiasm <laughs> we have <laughs> ever had on a game preview. Moving on <laughs> to Monday, which is sad because it's like a it could be a really oh, good game for, and has lots. Yeah, of I think for real NFL, but for fantasy, for real it's NFL, trash. that's going to be a solid game to watch. Lots of good, uh, yep. you know, like good football to watch. Like good defense, a lot of game plan scheming that we'll we'll get to see, and like you said, lots of playoff implications. So still watch it, but. Maybe not for your fantasy players, which honestly that could be nope. way less stressful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy watching that game, knowing I don't have anyone playing. True. Uh, on that that slate, for the Colts at the Saints on Monday Night Football, let's start with the Colts. T.Y. Hilton did return to limited practice on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, and Friday, but we won't get full official word from the Colts until this afternoon if he's gonna play. But listen. Even if he plays, man, this is worse than Adam Thielen. I told you I'm not starting Adam Thielen because of my hamstring concerns with him. Now we've got a calf injury for T.Y. Hilton that um, already was a pretty serious injury, then had another setback. There is absolutely zero chance I'm starting T.Y. Hilton in my lineup this week. If somehow he's active, which it's a Monday Night Football game, like you have to look elsewhere, no? Yeah, I 100% agree. This is, you know, the Thielen situation, but worse, almost. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's maybe a DFS shot play. I don't know what his cost would be, but he's certainly the kind of guy who could suddenly have 100 plus and one uh, from a, a low, relatively low price. But no, for your redraft playoff situations, like we've talked about a couple times now on this pod, I want re- reliability. I do not want a guy who could get me zero points, and T.Y. Hilton is very much Yeah, that. for sure. I will say one thing that is, is nice about T.Y. Hilton's um, game status is if he does play, I like Zach Pascal a lot more. I think that pushes him back into the slot, and we know you can attack the Saints against P.J. Williams in the slot, so that could be good for Zach Pascal. For Marlon Mack, you know, this is a, a, a strength versus strength type of scenario, meaning the Colts are a run-first offense through and through. The the offense moves through that offensive line and through Marlon Mack, but we know how good this defensive line and front seven is for the Saints. So, uh, you know, Mar- Marlon Mack, RB2 status, but I don't see the upside here with him the way he normally has. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? Yeah, I would say he's a little bit more limited than normal just because of how good the D is and the fact that I expect the Saints to win this game pretty handily at home. Um, so he, you know, he's likely to get few fewer carries, but he's still, you know, a, a running back too. Uh, solid play. You're going to put him out there. He's going to be in your lineup, uh, but I wouldn't expect, you know, the 20 point type of performance he can have. Yep, on a given agreed. Week. Worth noting though, Sheldon Rankins. And Marcus Davenport, uh, two of their defensive linemen, are out. So that could help T.Y. in this matchup. Jack Doyle was down week last week, but certainly I think he is a tight end one. Would you agree on that? 
Already? Yes. On the Saints side of the ball, man, this is so easy to predict. Drew Brees at home, you play him. Michael Thomas, you play him facts. every single week. And I will say, Big uh, facts. Michael Thomas, dude, in this matchup, I honestly think he's going to have 12 receptions. The way he plays and the way this, this Colts secondary plays, you know, their zone coverage is perfect for Michael Thomas. I think he's going to absolutely destroy. And Jared Cook, looks like he's going to come back from a concussion. He practiced in full yesterday. Uh, again, we'll get that full report by this afternoon. Regardless, if Cook's active, you are starting him for sure. Anything that you want to talk about with those three names uh, at all? And if not, then let's move on to Alvin Kamara. I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. There is no way you're sitting Thomas or Breeze. There are ways you might sit Cook, but they're small. Yeah. The story for Alvin Kamara is this. Volume is nice. Opportunity is nice. His performance and his output are not. I, Dude, I've no. heard people on other podcasts. I've read some articles. People are advocating that you sit Alvin Kamara this week. I mean, I'm not one of those people. For sure, this Colts defense is, is okay. They're middle of the road, but they're allowing the fifth most receptions per game. And Alvin Kamara is getting 17.4 touches since returning from his injury in Week 10. I still have Alvin Kamara ranked as running back one. Do you agree with me on that, or should we temper expectations more? I do. I have him as my running back 10, so he is in there. Obviously, that's much lower than he would have been almost any week. Uh, by our expectations when the year started. But he's getting the touches, uh, like you said, and producing the yardage for the most part to where you can't sit him at all. He's not scoring the touchdowns to where you get him to an elite standpoint. Uh, this is like worse than a Mike Williams di disappearance situation, Bets. He has a not three, but a two scrimmage oh, touchdowns. Gosh. What? Yeah. What? This is a guy, first two seasons, he had 31 combined. This year, two. I do not know what is happening in New Orleans. This is one of the most baffling things in fantasy this year, and honestly has made Kamara one of the bigger busts of the entire season, low-key. Uh, or maybe it's not that low-key at this point. I'm not sure. But uh, we need him to score a Gershner touchdown if we want him to be back in the elite range. So you're starting him. He's an RB1, barely. But you're not hoping for 25 points like you used to because he seems incapable of scoring. This is the game that happens. I'm putting it out there. He's fine in the end zone this week. Let's go. I'm giving him... What's Two that? times? Three times. Two times? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, no, just once. Just once. It's going to be a, a good game. It's not okay, going to be a okay. uh, you know break the, break the week type of game. But uh, yes, I still have confidence in Kamara. I think you play him. Anything else on the Saints side of the ball, Okada, or can we... Move on to our next segment. I think we are done with the yes, game. Yes, every single bets. game on the slate we talked about in today's episode and Thursday. So go back and listen if you missed anything. Before we get into our next segment, which I am not excited about, uh, I am excited about our sponsor of today's show. That is TrophySmack.com. Man, these guys are absolutely the standard when it comes to fantasy football. Trophies, rings, and belts. Go to their website. Check it out, you guys. You will not be disappointed I mean, you name it, they have got it. They've got everything from uh, plates, custom engravings. You can get your, your league uh, name engraved on it, your team name, etc. They also have some trophies for the loser of your league. 
if you want to get a trophy for uh, a loser to let them know how bad they are at fantasy, they have that as well. Everything is customizable, man, by size, color, uh, the plaque, the topper, etc. They offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed and free shipping. That's right, free on all orders. And if that doesn't sound good enough, Okada, how about a free ring? Mm. That's right. When you that sounds right. exquisite. exquisite. And when you use the code RedShirts, when you purchase any of their their awesome products, you will get a free ring uh, in addition. So lots to love there with Trophy Smack. Okada and I really do support their work. Uh, those guys put out great products. So check them out, trophysmack.com. I mean, listen, just type in their website. Just do it right now. You're, if you're, you're either on your phone or you're at home. I mean, technically, it could be in your car, I suppose. You know what? Do it anyways. Just don't crash. <laughs> Uh, no, pull don't over do it. Don't listen to me. Uh, yes, pull literally pull over. Just type in trophysmack.com and look at the homepage. Because all you have to do is see the first image of that trophy. It is sick, and you will be hooked. And then if you scroll down, you'll just get more and more excited. So do it. Buy a trophy. Get a ring. Uh, bling, bling. Love it. Let's go. All right, Okada, on to the over-unders. Ah, yes. My favorite segment of the year, Vets, because it's basically over. Um... Last week was very bad for you, not Thanks. for me. Uh, in fact, in the uh, in the little uh, scoring summary thing that we do, sometimes I'll put the players that each of us got right so we know. This time I just put sad day next yeah, to your name. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I have now pulled ahead by four points going into week uh, 15, 35 to 31. You will need some miracles here to come back. And I will say this, Betts. Towards the end of last year, you know, with Kent around, there's a lot of metagaming going on. Uh, we would strategize against each other and, you know, just try to pick whatever the other person picked so that they can never come back. I'm not going to play that way. I'm going to go for the glory and just try to smash you as badly as possible. So there is a chance that you could come back, but it will be tough. Uh, so let's jump into it this week. Um, we're going to start it off with a Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick <laughs> is that Brady. His name? Uh, be- <laughs> yes, it is. That is his full name. Thomas Edward uh, Patrick Brady. Um, and listen, for most of his career, he's played up to that name. Uh, he's been glorious. This season, n- not so much. He is basically one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, a lot of it may be due to miscommunication and uh, poor weapons, but some of it certainly due to maybe his deteriorating age or whatever it is. However, he is facing the Cincinnati Bengals this week on the road. The over-under is set at 16.2. Modest, but not necessarily uh, at all uh, out of range for Mr. Tom Brady, what he's been doing. Uh, I will kick it off because I am winning by quite a lot. And I'm going to have faith in my man. I'm going to take the over here and say that Tom Brady has one of his best games of the season. Certainly his best game in a while. Uh, If there's anything we know about the Patriots, and there's a few things we know about them, it's that when they lose two in a row and are coming off Kansas City and going to face uh, Cincinnati and the playoffs are rolling around, they start to get upset. And when they get upset, they typically get better. So I think that they smash this game, and I'm willing to start Tom Brady. Yeah, this is tough because I want to take the over because I I agree with a lot of your points. However, I need some points in this one. I need to win (laughs) one or two of these. (laughs) And I'm going to say, you know what? I think this is a Sony Michelle game. When you least expect it, Sony Michelle comes out and he puts up 80 and 2. And if Tom Brady doesn't throw for a few touchdown passes, he will knock it over this mark. So I'm going to take the under mostly because I need to win a point. However, I do think he actually does go over this number. 
Alrighty, let's scroll down to the running back position. We are going with the 49ers' third different RB1 of the year, Raheem Mostert. Uh, he is now, it seems like, pretty much pretty much entrenched as the top dog. Uh, facing Atlanta, so that is not a great pasty, or a run D, or pasty, or for that matter. Uh, the, true! <laughs> The over-under is set at 11.6. Seems potentially a bit low. Well, which direction yeah, are dude, you? I mean, this matchup is fantastic. You look at what Kyle Shanahan is saying about Raheem Mostert and the way they want to get him involved. Yeah, give me the over. This is the best offense for scheming running back touches. I'm hitting the over. Yeah, I kind of sort of feel like maybe Sleeper needs to look into his projection a little bit. I think that this might be a bit low. We've talked about how good he's looked. We've talked about how bad this defense is. I have to take the over as well. Uh, all right, rolling down to the next running back. It is not one, Bets. It is two. We are doing a switch up here. Uh, I think we did this a couple times last year. We are doing a head-to-head, -head, heads-up matchup between the Chargers running backs, Austin Eckler versus Melvin Gordon. We don't have to pick separate ones. Uh, but we have to pick which one we think will score more. You get a point if they Ooh, I do, like this. and you do not if they don't. Uh, I will go first, and I will take oh, Austin Eckler. It. Listen, yeah, at this point, I think he is not only their like go-to guy. I think he might be the better running back. I think he's going to get paid by this team, and Melvin Gordon's going to be gone. I think he's one of the most dynamic players. Uh, I, I don't want to um, in the league no, you you know what? Just screw it you can say he, it. yeah he is incredible with the ball in his hands so I'm taking uh, Austin Eckler here do you uh, it sounds like you don't disagree are you willing to switch off just well this is my thought process I definitely want Austin Eckler out of these two I agree with you I think he has the better game but there is a scenario and there is a situation where the Chargers are able to put up points through the air early and often with Mike Williams with Keenan Allen etc and with Eckler but there's also a scenario where that happens, and in the second half, Melvin Gordon is just grinding down the clock uh, with 20 touches. So I will take Melvin Gordon here as an effort to break up a point on you. However, I do like Eckler a lot in this matchup. Yeah, I think both guys are startable, to be honest. Um, all right, let's uh, swing over to the wide receiver position. We're going to take a little gander at A.J. Brown because, my goodness gracious, has he been good. Uh, coming up against the Houston Texans, uh, playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I'm not talking about Deshaun Watson, I'm talking about Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I don't know what else to say about him at this point. He has looked amazing. Um, and this offense has looked quite good. Do you believe that it continues, uh, and can A.J. Brown get over 11.8 points? Uh, Drew Locke threw for over 300 yards last week <laughs> against Houston. Yeah, give me the over on A.J. Brown. He has looked... Uh, every bit the part, everything we wanted Corey Davis to be, it is A.J. Brown, and I will continue to hit the over on this until it fails. Yeah, um, I don't know the prices bets because, as I've repeatedly mentioned, I'm not allowed to play DFS, sad tier. Um, but I would smash this stack everywhere. Tannehill, A.J. Brown, in this game, I think there's a decent chance that they've got 30-20 and 20, uh, in fantasy Yes, give me the over. Uh, sorry to burst the points uh, comeback bubble here, but I, I have to take the over with these guys. All right, last, uh, not player, but duo. We're doing another duo. We're doing a uh, 
Oh, was it both hamstrings or uh, Thielen was hamstring at Thielen some point? Thielen is the hamstring. Tyler Lockett is dealing with, well, not even more. Was he was dealing like with that. A, lower yeah, what leg was contusion. it exactly? Right, a contusion. Okay, so we're gonna call this the lower leg injury, guys, who were really good at some point and have not been lately. It is Adam Thielen versus Tyler Lockett in another heads up. Uh, because listen, a lot of play, a lot of fantasy players want to rely on these guys. They're going to feel like they have to start them. Um, and we don't really like starting them, but we're going to pick one to start. I am going to take Adam Thielen, which is sad because you heard how little I wanted to start. Yes. You heard how little I wanted to start Adam Thielen, but not uh, Tyler Lockett has been back for longer and still has not been doing anything. And that has me even more concerned. I think there's a chance that Thielen is healthy enough that he finally bursts back onto the scene. Tyler, I just feel, I do not feel good about him. So, yeah, I'm taking Thielen. It sounds like you were willing to take Lockett. I mean, I feel worse about Thielen than I do Lockett, for sure. At least Lockett's been out there. He's been on the field. He's still running a ton of routes. Um, Yeah, dude, I'm nervous about Thielen. I'm taking Lockett here, for sure. All right, different strategies. I like it. All right, well, that was uh, three differences, Bet. So, theoretically, you could come back within a point if you had a perfect oh, sweep of happen. me. Seems unlikely. It is going to happen. Uh, all right. I uh, I don't hope you're right <laughs> because I'm enjoying winning. Let's switch over to another place I enjoy winning. That is the draft draft, the weekly draft draft. Um, I believe I won again last week. It's pretty much the order of the day that I do so. I don't know if we have a full tally. We might have to look back through the draft uh, history, which yes. you can do, we, by the way, so that you can lord yes, it over your friends. Yes, we will look back, and I will get those results soon. However, I know you were at least up by like two or three on me as of a couple of weeks ago. So with another win last week, you were certainly up at least two on me for sure. So, yes, you are kicking my buns in this matchup. You are destroying me. You are crushing my soul, my hopes and dreams. But I am coming back, Okada. I'm going to win both the head-to-heads and the, the draft draft this week. I need it to happen. And as per usual, dude, you gotta start you gotta start inviting me on these things because I always get the first pick for whatever reason. Yeah, or investigating draft draft and clearly for collusion. It doesn't, although it's not it working doesn't for even you, matter, so. dude. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um all right, so I'm on the clock with the one oh one. If you're unfamiliar with draft, it is a head to head matchup here that we are doing with one quarterback, two running backs, and two pass catchers. It can be uh, any combination of wide receiver and tight end. I'm going to kick it off with running back, a guy that, you know, I mean, I normally wouldn't take this guy in my rankings over other players, but you're telling me Chris Carson gets to play the Carolina Panthers, the worst run defense in the league, without Rashad Penny. Give me Chris Carson. Yeah, I like that a lot. He's my number four running back, so I maybe can't justify taking him over a couple other guys that are here, but... I would take him over almost everyone else. Uh, one of the three guys I would not take him over is Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to take him because he's Christian McCaffrey. That is his name. Uh, you can't go wrong. And then I will th- I will slide over to the wide receiver position, I think, and grab me the guy who is technically not my wide receiver one. Uh, my wide receiver one this – well, I won't tell you who it is, but – he can't be played on this slate. I'll give you that as a hint. <laughs> and so I will take the top wide receiver that I can play on this slate, and that is, is your Chris number Godwin. one, Michael Thomas? Love it. It he is. He is mine as well. 
Uh, I'm going back to running back here for my RB2. I will take Leonard Fournette. The matchup is awesome with Oakland. He is also getting a ton of volume, so you have to love that. And then I'm going to go over to my pass catchers here. Give me... I kind of want to do this just to take your guy. Give me Kenny Galladay. I'm going to take him here against the Bucks. Oh. Obviously, you love him, and I like him this Boo. week as well. Uh, back to you. Oh, that's upsetting. Um, all right. I have a few different options here. I don't want to go running back because you have two. And I don't feel great about the top four QBs. I think I'd take any of them that you don't take. I'm going to do something interesting here, Betts. I'm going to skip over Tyree Kill, which would probably be my chalk pick. And I'm going to go DJ mm. Moore against the Seahawks. I think that they are throwing a ton in this game. He's been getting disgusting amount of targets. And uh, I think he has a good chance at being a 25-point guy. And then I get to pick my quarterback anyways. I completely forgot that that is how this works. I'm going to... I'm going to take Jameis Winston. Screw it. There are some elite quarterbacks on the board. Screw it. And I'm going to ignore them and take Jameis uh, W. Fingers Winston and hope that he has the big, big game that I think he can against this awful Detroit. I love it. Um, That pairs up well for me. I'm going to stack Deshaun Watson with DeAndre Hopkins to round out my roster. All right. Uh, We both have a quarterback uh, receiver stack. I like it. So that throws me down to my second running back for the final pick. There are some great options here, Bets. Good gracious. Dalvin Cook against the Chargers, Saquon against Miami, or Derrick Henry against the Texans. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to go ahead and take the well, the second most talented of that trio against the worst defense. That's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Dalvin Cook is better than Saquon Barkley. Ooh, hot take. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that rounds out our lineups. And I'll tell you what, Bets, I feel like almost every week my projection is lower than yours. This week, my projection destroys yours. So I think there's a good chance you actually win this week. I think that draft has been messing with our minds. Uh, and this is yeah, the week that's usually how back. it works. Uh, from a breakdown sample, let's go through it right quick. Quarterbacks, Jameis Winston versus Deshaun Watson. Fun. Uh, um <laughs> Running backs, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley versus Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette. Wow, wow, wow. I like it. We kind of went with like similar uh, uh, molds, I guess. I got pass-catching elite guys. You got pounders. This should be fun. Uh, and then at the pass-catching positions, well, basically the wide receiver positions because we ignored tight end as we usually do, I have Chris Godwin stacking with my Jameis and DJ Moore, which I think is fun. And you have my guy, Kenny Galladay, against the Buccaneers and DeAndre Hopkins stacking with your Deshaun Watson. All kinds of elite talent on the board here, which is the fun part about playing these draft drafts. You can pick almost the five best players in the league. Uh, Only guys you can't pick are primetime guys, but there's plenty of other talent to go around. So that wraps it up, Bets. That is our Week 15, not Patreon pod in this case, technically. Uh, because everybody's getting to listen to it. Hello, everyone who's not on our Patreon. You should be in there. And to our patrons who are listening, uh, thank you. And we will be back to our regular scheduled programming next week where only you guys get to hear That's this right. awesomeness. All right, man. Wow. What an episode. We crushed it. Hopefully, you all crush it. Hopefully, Okada, you, you crushed uh, your gift giving this season in the holidays. 
Uh, enjoy the family. Yes. Listeners, we will see you next week. That's all we have for the Week 15 matchups. Good luck in the semifinals. We hope you get into the championship round. And, of course, Okada and I are back next week. You'll find me on the mic on Monday, Injury Recap Pod, and then Okada and I are back on Wednesday. Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.